listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Well, the tornado warning is over. <laughs> Sitting back in the sacristy, I'm, you know, a little perturbed that my phone went off when it's not supposed to, which is, by the way, one reason why I never yell at anyone when their phone goes off, because you just never know when it's going to be you. So uh, I've had that happen once or twice. And when I forgot to turn off the sound, and so I'm sitting there going, okay, what am I going to do? We've got a church full of people, and am I supposed to tell all you guys to leave? And that would be worse, right? You know, so I'm saying, okay, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. God's got under control. It expired at 6.15. That's why I looked at my watch. So no more zaps from the phones. Let's pray there are no more of them. And let's celebrate tonight the great love that Christ has for us. In our gospel reading today, the one that, the line that, that always hits me is at the beginning where he said he loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. He never stopped loving us and he will continue to love us. And maybe tonight we can examine a few of the elements of that love. You know, that we as Christians, we define love a little bit differently than the world. The world would maybe define love as a feeling, uh, an emotion, a chemistry, something you can't really define, but you know it when you see it. You know it when you see it. We define love quite simply as Christ. And Christ loved by seeking the good of those around him. So the definition of love is seeking the good of the other. Seeking the good of the other. And the ultimate good is salvation, right? Everything else is subordinate to that. We can have all the other things in the world, but if we don't have our salvation, it ends when God calls us home. The love that Christ shows endures. It's permanent. It's forever. And we ourselves on this very special day, we celebrate that gift of love. Kind of a little strange liturgy. You know, we've been going through Lent, a lot of, a lot of violet, a lot of, a lot of repentance, so to speak, the change and penance. And, you know, last night we had a beautiful, um, confession, uh, service, I guess you could say, or I didn't really have a service so much as a liturgy, but over 500 people. Probably more like six, depending on, we didn't sit there and count heads, but we can tell by how many priests and how many people are going to confession all throughout the time. What a, what a beautiful thought of obtaining God's love in the sacrament of confession. And we see that and, you know, we can't be, we can't not be better off after last night. We can't not be better off, I think, after this weekend with the level of participation that we have in the grace that God gives us. But the special day. Today's special day began this morning at the cathedral. Christmas, the gift of God's love to us in the sacraments is celebrated. It's a special mass. Some of you I know have gone and uh, participated in it. It is beautiful. Everybody who gets a chance maybe should at least once or twice in their life. Uh, it's a mass directed at the priests. Uh, we actually get preached to by the bishop, which is kind of interesting and good. You get to hear us be told by the bishop about what we need to improve on and how we can live a better life oftentimes. Uh, sometimes it's more theological. But it's a mass celebrating priesthood because we celebrate today as the institution of priesthood and the institution of the Eucharist. 
So the Eucharist is that gift of love that endures. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but it's a very special day for us at the Chrismas. The bishop blesses all the oils we're going to use throughout the year. Father Poirier very dutifully picked them up in my absence while he was there. I didn't get to go. It was a little bit too much all to do in one day. But we experience that love through that apostolic succession, as we call it, from the bishop to us. And so the oil of the sick, for the anointing of the sick, was consecrated. The oil of catechumens was consecrated for those to be baptized or being baptized as adults even. And then, of course, sacred chrism that's used for uh, baptisms and confirmation and also for uh, ordination to the priesthood. And so we once again celebrate the perpetuity of our church, God with us, the promise of Christ that I'll be with you until the end of time. And then for me today is a very special day, not just the Eucharist, uh, but the, not just the priesthood as an institution, the blessing of my ordination, uh, but my call to the priesthood was Holy Thursday, uh, at this point now 22 years ago, in the old church, in the old church. And I often jokingly say, I can tell you the spot where I was sitting looking at the Blessed Sacrament after Holy Thursday Mass. And I want to put a little cross on it with my name on it, you know, just in case they ever open a cause for my sainthood. <laughs> Which, of course, just by saying that, they'll never open a cause for my sainthood. <laughs> but it's a day that we rejoice in this odd time of year because we all know tomorrow's Good Friday. That's no surprise. We know what's coming. What we're celebrating in Christ's love for us is that preparation to see tomorrow and then to endure after it. And tonight, obviously, from our readings is focused on the Eucharist. In our first reading, we hear of the prefiguration of the Eucharist and the Passover. And we had the Seder meal on Tuesday. And it's something I really couldn't go to, but I've been in years past, a wonderful way to kind of understand God's love throughout all of time. And then we hear St. Paul. We hear St. Paul in our second reading talk about the Eucharist. This is my body. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And we know in three of our Gospels, that's precisely word for word what's said. And it's not a request. It's a command. It's a command. This is what we do. This is how we worship. And then, of course, in our Gospel reading today, the only Gospel reading that does not have the institution of the Eucharist explicitly like the other three with what we hear at Mass. Uh, but St. John's Gospel, a little bit different, beginning with he loved his own in the world and loved them to the end. And Jesus fully knew what he was going to do. It makes a point to say that. He knew what was coming at this point at the very latest. We think he knew earlier in several other Gospels, but you know, obviously fully aware of who he was and what he was to do. And what did he do? He formed his apostles. He formed them. You go all the way back to the wedding feast at Cana. At the end of that passage, it says the apostles or the disciples with them began to believe. Began to believe. They did not yet completely believe. And now we hear him forming them even some more, giving them instructions. Hey, got to wash your feet. Peter, always, always the one to speak up. You're not washing my feet. I don't wash your feet. You're in trouble. Okay, then wash me all the way. No, 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 just your feet. That's all. That's dirty. You know? But then he goes on to form them and say, hey, this is what you're here to do. This is, I've given you a model. Imitate me. 
imitate me. And in that, he institutes the Eucharist to give us the power to imitate him. And he gives the apostles a very special role, something we will not read over the course of the Triduum, and I don't know why, is the importance of the apostolic church in understanding our sacraments. Going to the bishop, who's a successor to the apostles. Because if we don't understand the authority of the apostolic church, then our faith in the sacraments, our belief, the strength of it, can be lessened. Where do these things come from, many of my non-Catholic friends say? It seems like hocus pocus and taboo, whatever. Call it the names you want. We want to worship the way we want to worship. We've got it better. We understand what Jesus does in forming his apostles because in the garden, in the garden, his prayer, his beautiful prayer, he prays for the apostles specifically. He prays for them and he consecrates them in the truth. Specifically, Father, consecrate them in the truth. And he's only talking about the apostles. He's not talking about us because in the very next paragraph, then he goes on to pray for us. He says, I pray not only for these, but I pray for those who will come to believe through them. That would be us. And in that, when we understand the apostolic church, because a lot of people will say, you know, I don't really care if Jesus, like say, actually rose from the dead at Easter. I believe in a spiritual resurrection. It doesn't really matter what we care about. What matters is what the apostles cared about and believed, and that's our faith, and that's in our creed, right? One holy Catholic apostolic faith. They believed in the physical resurrection. They believed in the Eucharist. They're the ones who have taught us about the sacraments, and that's where maybe our understanding gets a little broader about how they came to be. They're all in sacred scripture. But in understanding the apostolic succession and understanding what Christ himself said, giving them the great commission at the end of Matthew's gospel, when they're finally ready. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything I have commanded you. They are our teachers. And so when we hear St. Paul say this after Christ has died, an apostle about the Eucharist, we know what he believed. We know what he believed. And we, hopefully, in understanding that God gave us the beautiful sacrament of the church to carry on his mission. And the church is the keeper of the sacraments in the sense of making sure that they are handed down right. Just as St. Paul says to the Corinthians, what was given to me, I am handing on to you. And it's handed on and on and on and on to us this very day. And that's Jesus' love for perduring and enduring and giving us life. And we celebrate that life tonight, particularly in the institution of the Eucharist, the sacrament of sacraments. And what does that mean? It means the Eucharist really, truly is God. It is Jesus. Astounding. Astounding that he would give us that gift. But he promised at the end of that same commission that he would be with us until the end of time. Promise kept in our tabernacles. And that he would give us what we need to follow him, preparing us to see tomorrow. 
preparing us. He's about knowing that he would be with us. And not only would he be with us, he was going to go through it first to show us the way, to inspire us, to maybe have us not scatter. Some of us do. It can be frightening. We can lack trust. That's our yearly, that's our yearly retreat as we come into this triduum, is that now we are able to see a Savior who loves us, has gone through the same thing that we are going through in the sense of offering. We're going to talk about that tomorrow a lot. What does that offering mean for us? Because hopefully nobody in this church is actually going to be nailed to a cross and die. But some of us will suffer greatly. Some of us won't. Some of us will have different trials and struggles and tribulations. All of us will have what we need for salvation. But are we able to follow Christ? And are we accepting the strength, the real strength in the Eucharist, the food for the journey that brings us to him, that allows us to say no to the world and yes to Christ? That's what we're looking at tonight in how we are celebrating the gift that Christ gave. He didn't just come and save us and leave. He stayed with us. He stayed with us. You know, the prayer in the garden is such a beautiful prayer in John's gospel, but it also includes his offering to God at the end. And that's what we're called to do. We are the sacrifice now. We are the Passover lamb, so to speak. We're not God, but we have Christ living within us and we make the same offering he makes because we have to imitate him as our gospel reading says tonight. Do as I do. They haven't seen it yet. They're still being formed and will continue to be formed after his resurrection. We celebrate that our six weeks of Easter. And we'll go through the sacraments. Father Pori and I and the deacons, we're going to preach on all seven sacraments during the seven Sundays of Easter. Let's make sure that we understand what we're receiving and the gift that we have. But that's for later. For now, we celebrate the gift of love that we know God has given to us, that we know that we can take advantage of, that we know that we can freely receive, and that we know will bring us true happiness and the resurrection will bring us to Easter. So while we're watching Good Friday and participating tomorrow, when we talk about the Christ offering, we ourselves, we hope, will be able to know that in that he will always be with us. He will always love us. He will always give us the strength we need as long as we do as he commanded. For free beings, that's tough. We like autonomy. Jesus was pretty clear about all of this. Didn't say this may be my body. Didn't say it represents my body. Didn't say it's symbolic of my body. He said this is. He didn't mince words. Polls show that Catholics maybe don't believe in the Eucharist like they used to. What a shame. Because in their lack of faith, Christ cannot work. If we believe, and we make that act of the will to believe, then we never know what God is going to do with us in such a wonderful way in refashioning our lives into true goodness, into true salvation. You know, after Mass tonight, we'll have a procession, a Eucharistic procession, venerating the Eucharist. And then we'll have a couple of hours until 10 o'clock for adoration. That was the same time that I received my call to the priesthood that 22 years ago. You know, it's supposed to imitate spending one hour with Christ. Can we stay up for an hour? I've never fallen asleep. Well, I came pretty close a couple of times, I have to admit. 
I'm not saying everybody needs to stay, but I'm saying we need to take our time over the course of the next few days to spend time with Christ. I know we have some little ones. I know we have all sorts of uh, commitments maybe that we have to take care of. We're here. But what we're intending to do is to be in the garden with him and to learn how to offer ourselves and to take in the beautiful strength that he can give to us. So if you can, stay and pray. I'll be here. And hopefully all of us, as we enter into tomorrow's passion, we can see the love that Christ has for us and respond to it, knowing that he will be with us, knowing that we can be better, knowing that we can change, knowing that our sinful self can die and our good self, refashioning God's image and likeness, can come to greater life, continuing the journey that he has set us upon. Let's pray as we move through this next, I guess, really only not even 48 hours, you know, that we ourselves are able to really see Christ, really see how much he loves us and with clarity and with great focus, make that decision to allow him to give us the strength, the grace to follow him along the way, to know that at the end, it is the resurrection that awaits.